0: Pull up a chair, make yourself comfy, and let's talk guitars. Hi, this is Cams, and welcome to my new podcast, Acoustic Guitar I.O. This is episode one, and I had the very great pleasure of sitting down with fingerstyle guitar player Will McNichol during the annual RMMGA gathering down in the Cotswolds in England. It's a fantastic weekend and I'm very grateful to Will for agreeing to sit down with me. So I hope you enjoy the interview. Without any further ado, here's Will McNichol. Hello, Will. Hello, Cams. Thanks very much for having me along. It's my very great pleasure. Now, I first saw you not that long ago. This was be on the North American Guitar Video Podcast. Oh, yes. With Ben Montague, mm. and I was just blown away with your style of playing. Oh well, thank you very much. And I saw that you were playing a filed guitar. Can you can you tell us a wee bit about that?
1: Sure. Um, so I've got three files now. I feel very lucky about that. Um, so Roger got in touch. Roger Bucknell is the chap who uh, you know heads up filed and it's based up in the Lake District. And he got in touch a few years ago now, asking if um, you know I was interested in a guitar. And obviously I emailed back fairly swiftly and said, yes, yes. <laughs> I am interested in a guitar. And it was the first opportunity I had to have a guitar kind of built to my own spec up to a point. And at that point, I, you know, wasn't really satisfied with, with what I was playing um, because I really wanted some a steel string guitar, which was somewhere between classical and acoustic. And I that's not. Well, even back then, it wasn't really available. Simple things like a wider neck and a 12 fret join, all that kind of stuff. Um, And Roger very kindly made me um, my first one, which is a custom Alexander. And I was uh, blown away by it, kind of quite, kind of, uh, and I got bitten by the bug, I suppose. So then he made me a nylon string, because I play with both when I'm performing live. And then most recently, I got a little parlour. By him as well and i'm yeah feeling kind of spoiled by that but it's uh each one of them certainly filled a gap tonally for me that i wanted to fill mm-hmm. both from um, performance and recording so
0: and are they all similar nut widths and specs that that's way?
1: that's right so they certainly feel like they're part of a family i suppose and especially with the custom alexander and the nylon string that I play live, I really didn't want to feel like I was swapping between completely different beasts. Mm-hmm. Uh, I wanted to feel like when I was swapping between them, there was some kind of similarity and a feel. Um, so, that, you know, the neck profile and all that kind of thing and the nut with are quite similar, um, but tonally obviously very different. So kind of ticked all the boxes for me.
0: And what kind of tone words are they?
1: So the steel string is a cedar um, top. And uh, Indian rosewood back and sides, and the nylon string is a spruce top with Indian rosewood back and sides. The, the, the thinking behind it was I quite like the, the you know the warmer tones that cedar provide when yeah. paired with steel strings. Um, and similarly with the nylon string, I kind of prefer the slightly brighter sound on nylons because nylons are naturally warm mm-hmm. in, in comparison to steels, and by kind of brightening them up. And warming up the steels They kind of started meeting in the middle I guess Tonally and that's kind of what I wanted So um, I'm pretty pleased with the results of that actually Excellent Yeah.
0: I once visited the guitar store down in Brighton Oh yes Have you ever been in there? The uh, Tamco Oh yeah I know I know the one I haven't actually been in though I went in there and it's just wall to wall amazing guitars sure. But the one guitar that stood out to me And I spent maybe four hours in there Yeah. Was a filed aerial oh well
1: well it you know was, that's, that's the parlor that's the aerial yeah. Yeah, i've got one of those and they are sublime aren't they that was
0: the one that haunted me when i left the shop sure yeah, sure yeah.
1: it's you know completely the same i mean i've um been up with uh, roger up at the Ullapool guitar festival in the highlands for the last few years oh yeah and i would always play an aerial at his stand and i was always thinking this is an amazing guitar i love it i love small body guitars and I was kind of settling on, you know, what woods I would want from one if I did want one. And I was playing lots and everyone was really, really good. But then he made one for the festival, a special one to raise. He sells it to raise funds for the, the festival itself. Um, and it was a sink of redwood top with an oh. Italian acacia back and sides. And it was beautiful. And I played it and it was just, this is the one. Mm. This is the one that's connected more than any others with me. And I spoke to Roger about it. And I was like, Do you could you do one of these? And he said he he had enough wood from that same batch to make one more. Wow. So I was like, that'll be mine that then, the please. One. Yeah. yeah.
0: <laughs> that's it, yeah. And is it Roger who builds guitars from whiskey barrels? That's correct.
1: Yeah, he has yeah. A, he does an aerial out of that called the single Malt aerial. Mm. Um, and that's quite a beautiful thing, that you you can see the natural scorches right from the heating yeah. process in the wood and it's just yeah, I mean they do look very special, very unique things. I can yeah, imagine
0: yeah. I wonder if you get the aroma
1: Ah uh, yeah, I mean he said he said like when he's working with it you totally do. Yeah. <laughs> so I think that's an extra perk for him anyway. He's a massive whiskey fan, is Rog. Yeah. Excellent. Yeah.
0: So you're playing here this evening, you're booked to play a concert tonight. That's correct. And yeah. Yeah. Very much looking forward to that. Well this I is- am I, yeah. This is part of a tour for you at the moment. That That's right, yeah. yeah. I'm
1: kind of touring around promoting a new album of mine, a new solo album called Dragonflies, Frogs and Bumblebees. Excellent um, title. Thank you very much, yeah. Um, and it was produced by Clive Carroll, who's another player that I'm sure you know and a lot of people yes. know. He's a you know, fabulous um, player and composer. And yeah, I've been touring around England with... Um, Uh, this record went over to berlin for a bit of the holy grail guitar show Mm -hmm. i've got this weekend wrapped up and then um off to china for three weeks with it as well so um yeah it's going to turn into quite a busy year off the back of that one yeah so yeah that's good
0: so is this your busiest year as a professional musician
1: i think it's getting that way you know it's funny how things go in kind of ebbs and flows but obviously with a new album it certainly that has a bit of momentum behind it Mm -hmm. um so there's been a lot of uh, gigs off the back of that, um, but also you know different projects as well. Because one of the other things on this album was a kind of like a bonus track, I suppose, with a string quartet, um, which we formed for it. Uh, I worked with a fabulous um, Glaswegian fiddle player and um, arranger called Innes Watson, and okay. we arranged a tune of mine called Emma for guitar and string quartet. Recorded it for the album just to see how it would go. It's been a dream of mine for a long time to do something like that. And we were really pleased with the results. We debuted it at a performance up at that Ullaport Guitar Festival um, and the quartet and Innes and I really enjoyed the whole process so much and we are really thrilled with the response that we're now working on a full album um, wow. with the quartet as well because I've certainly been bitten by the bug of that. It's just mm. it's just sublime and they're fabulous uh, musicians as well.
0: So quartet, you've got guitar, fiddle, what other
1: instruments? So yeah, so it's guitar plus this for the full string quartet. So you've got two fiddles, viola and cello wow um, and we have uh, Shona Aitken on violin one Innis on violin two we have uh, Patsy Reed on viola and Alice Allen on cello and they're all individually incredible musicians very busy musicians and it's going to pull them all together for this project and yeah I was just blown away by it just going to sat down and as soon as we did a take where I was like this is working nicely. <laughs>
0: so do you think we'll get to see yeah. you in Ullapool maybe next year?
1: Oh yeah, I mean Ullapool is becoming like an annual pilgrimage for me now. Um, so yeah, next year I dare say I'll be along. And um, yeah, we'll see how it goes. But I'll certainly be pushing the string quartet thing as well a lot next year. So yeah,
0: yeah. Yeah. Well, I'll look out for that. Oh, Fantastic. nice one. Thanks. Yeah. So tell me how you got started, Well, How did you start playing guitar?
1: Sure. So I started playing guitar when I was six. Um... Pretty diehard classical to begin with, and still very much, you know, love that kind of style and play a lot of it. Um, Continue that training all the way through the grade system, as you do. Um, Ending up with doing the diplomas for Trinity College in London, all the way up to the fellowship. So kind of took it all the way up as far as I could. But whilst that was bubbling along, I started composing, I suppose, around about, I don't know, 14, maybe? Having seen Antonio Fortuni live... And he kind of like i don't know you have these moments right when you see something live and you think wow you know i didn't Mm. realize that was possible so that happened when i saw antonio i was like he was doing so many creative things both musically and technically with his guitars and i thought okay let's give that a bash so that's when uh, i started kind of dabbling in steel string trying out some of the more extended techniques um, kind of learning how I go as I was going. Really, no one. I mean, I had have had some fabulous teachers and with um, the classical stuff as well. But the composition and steel string playing, I kind of just experimented and tried things out. Uh, did a lot of the percussive style to begin with, and um just trying all of this stuff out just to kind of broaden my palette i suppose when it came to writing my own music so Mm, and uh, since then i've just been recording and yeah composing ever since really and that's where my career is i've kind of focused my energy in that side of things my own material um and although i still have the classical stuff and still play it a lot i suppose from a professional point of view i've just ended up settling more with my own music and trying that stuff out and that's been kind
0: of how i've built my own career well, yeah. Now you mentioned Clive Carroll sure. earlier. Clive played at this venue last year. Yes, yeah. And yeah. actually that I was supposed to be leaving here on the Sunday to drive back to Scotland. Right. And everybody said, no, 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 you must stay. Clive was playing on Sunday. Sure. And it was one of the most wonderful concerts I ever saw. That doesn't was, surprise me. Yeah. It doesn't surprise me. How but, did you hook up with Clive? So
1: after my kind of moment of seeing Antonio, uh, that kind of expanded my horizons into a whole different world of players that i I hadn't come across before Um, and clive was one of those so i just basically started searching out steel string players to see what what was going on because back then now i mean now it's a totally different scene I mean it's exploded yeah. over the last kind of 10-15 years but you know acoustic all, uprising yeah sure exactly yeah, that yeah. but back then you know it wasn't so easy to discover this stuff um, but Clive was another player who kind of came across my radar I went to go and see him live um, in kind of a local tiny little local venue um, and again I saw him and I was like oh man this is incredible because he he had come from the classical background as, as well so I could see that in his playing but he had taken it elsewhere I was Mm. like, well, that is exactly the kind of thing that I'm looking to do. Like take the classical training and, but then, you know, see where it can take me on the steel string as well. Um, So he was a big, you know, inspiration and, you know, having listened to him and seeing him play over and over again, he's one of those players who's still capable of, you know, surprising me every time I see him. And I think that's pretty special. Um, And and anyway, so I kind of ended up kind of building, as my geeking was getting, you know, uh, more prevalent, I ended up supporting him. Um, and wow. then seeing him more like up at Pool and hanging out a bit. And you, it's a very small world, right? It's a kind of little yeah. kind of like community of players and you just end up being, you know, ending up the same places as one another more frequently. And um, I suggested a venue for him to come down to and it's kind of built over the years. Anyway, this album started kind of bubbling along and I thought I, I would love to work with someone as a kind of producer, and a kind of compositional mm. mentor and Clive was the first person who struck me as the person to do this. So I kind of asked him if he would wow. and he said, yes, so, yeah. you know, and that's great. And He was very, very generous. And, you know, we spent a lot of time together working through my compositions and arrangements and things just to make sure they were just right before I sat down in front of the mics.
0: And where did you do the recording? What I did, did
1: the recording in
0: my house. In your house? Yeah.
1: So again, that's something that's taken a long time. But I finally now got a setup that I'm really happy with to record acoustic guitar um and that freed up time i think that's the most important thing like being I able to kind of stay relaxed with it's cool because i've done you know rec- lots of recordings in studios and i have a great time mm. but you do you do. You're kind of conscious of the fact that the clock is ticking yep. and the price is increasing as the clock ticks. So it was nice to be able to record it at home, and then I'd send the recordings to Clive for feedback. And I had a um, uh, a friend who is very adept at all things kind of the technical side of recording, let's say, and he helped me with the setup and the production in that realm and the mixing and the mastering.
0: And yeah. um, and that's it, so yeah. Well, I've, I've listened to your album. It's on Spotify, if anybody wants to look it up. Yeah, I guess, All yeah. the usual music shops Indeed. online. Yeah, yeah. Uh, highly recommended. Oh, thank
1: you, Cal. It's, it's
0: amazing now that this technology is so widely available. I mean, sure. even 15 years ago, it would have oh, been yeah. unthinkable to sit in your own home and create something that was... Such a professional sound. I mean, it
1: is it is amazing, and it's uh, quite liberating, actually. Absolutely. Uh, it's suddenly kind of democratised everything, like yeah. anyone, if they're willing to, you know. It's not even that expensive, really, like in the grand scheme of things. Um, so you can spend a little bit of money and then free up all your time and just do it yourself. But um, I have to say, it, it is very good to have another pair of ears kind of mm-hmm. helping you along with the journey because, I mean, I, I don't think I'm unique in the fact that I can over-listen to things um, and start hearing things that aren't there, perhaps, or, and then, you know, missing some other rather important things uh so it's always good to have another pair of ears to kind of go actually have you thought about this or have you tried that and it's always good to kind of keep your horizons broad i think because yeah. um, i've found myself sometimes being kind of descending into this kind of very narrow little spiral sometimes where yeah. you just think oh no what about this what about that and actually these are details that don't necessarily matter um so so yes having another pair of ears is
0: quite helpful i think yeah yeah i understand and Digital revolution, it gives us so much, but it also has a flip side in terms of remuneration for musicians. Sure. Now, how do you feel about the, the streaming culture nowadays? Yeah, yeah.
1: Well, it's it's funny, isn't it? Because I know that some people are really uh, seem like they're quite against it uh, because of the fact that you get something, whatever, 0.00 whatever mm. pence per stream on Spotify or whatever. But I don't know. I mean, I, I think it's almost something that you have to accept the fact that these platforms are there to kind of give your music kind of this kind of quite broad um, reach. Um, and I I personally am happy with that to happen. You know, I could Good. have chosen not to do it or whatever. But the fact of the matter is people listen to music on Spotify. It's how they, you know, and yeah. that's and, but also there's a, I think they, those platforms also contribute to a bit of cross pollination. A little bit where mm-hmm. you know you know suggested artists or playlists you can kind of discover new music um, easily, and I would like to think that it's a good platform to try music, um, and then if you really like it, then someone it might be the gateway to actually buying the album as a physical copy or that kind of thing. Yeah,
0: or going to concerts. Oh, yeah, will indeed, or, yeah, or yeah.
1: indeed, yeah, going to gigs and, and and that's that's always a good thing. Um, so I'm I'm not too i'm not really against it if i'm honest i think it's just it's just part of the evolution of yeah. how this music business is kind of going um i think it's probably had an enormous impact on record labels and how they earn their money yeah but i think for you know someone who records their album in their bedroom like it's pretty cool to then just be able to very easily just put it up somewhere and anyone in the world can listen to it i think you know, that's a pretty cool
0: thing, so. Yeah, I mean, you talked there about evolution, there's, there's evolution also in the playing of steel string guitar. Oh, massively, yeah. And I'm watching some of the, I mean, we mentioned the Acoustic Uprising, which was a mm. documentary recently released about the fingerstyle movement or the modern, let's see, the modern fingerstyle movement. Yeah. It, it's, it's great for me as a, an older guy to watch this uprising, you know, coming through the percussive style. It's, yeah. Things that are being done now on the steel string guitar, I wouldn't even have been able to imagine, you know, <laughs> twenty years ago. Indeed, percussion and you know, I mean, I used to. I grew up listening to Tony McManus. He's one of my big idols. Mm. Pierre Ben Suzanne. He's another. Sure. Tommy Emmanuel. Yeah. You know yeah, these yeah. guys, and they were doing, they were playing the the melody and they were playing the harmony and the counterpoint and the bass lines, but. It seems to have evolved yet again to a a new level. Yeah,
1: sky's the limit now, isn't it? I mean, you know, people are doing amazing things. A lot of kind of modifying of guitars as well and Mm. uh, to kind of uh, create all the kind of different effects that you'd want to and, you know, the percussive players and the kind of multi-necked players and, um, you know, it's quite... It's, it's, exci- it's exciting. I mean, it's, it's great to see, though, because Thomas Lieb is another player that I came across when I was kind yeah. of, like, younger and, like, and he was the first guy who I saw really kind of really getting into the percussive side of things. And that was very inspiring as well, you know, and it's, it is great to see that being experimented with. And I think along with that, with the kind of, explosion of the platforms like youtube and things yeah everyone's able to access it so everyone sees it and everyone goes wow and then everyone goes well let's give that a go and then everyone then people are kind of developing their own unique ways of doing it and i think that's what i find quite exciting is that you get quite a lot of players now who have got very individual identities Mm. with how they play yeah um like you can definitely tell the difference between different players in you know on the steel string with like you know thomas lieb or Antoine Dufour and all yeah. these players who are very percussive in the way that they play but they have a very different way of approaching the percussion so that's yeah. great um and even little kind of nerdy things like how you even notate that stuff is cool to me because right. I've, been, I've been kind of doing a lot of that over the years and how different players have decided on different systems on how to notate their percussion. Some people uh, have a different stave for it, some people um, add it within the same kind of uh, stave and, and tab and you know, the different symbols and I think even Thomas uses kind of colour on the score right. to d- okay. denote something that's happening on your right hand, for example, as it's tapping. So that's really interesting because there's, it's basically like, you know, no one's decided there's no rules here. Like yeah. every, every, Everyone's having yeah. a go and we're learning as we're going. And there's uh, there's no kind of like set in stone way of doing anything, which is yeah. I think that's quite fun.
0: Have you ever made it over to Thomas Leeb's camp? I have not. Austria? No, but I hear no.
1: nothing but amazing things about it. I had yeah. A lot of friends have gone over and absolutely loved it. I mean, I was tutored by Thomas a while ago at the IGF okay. um, at summer school uh, years ago. Uh, with um, I went, I think I went to a couple of them where Thomas was leading them alongside a British guitarist called Clive. Uh, sorry, uh, Stuart Ryan ah uh, sure, right. yeah, yeah 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 um and they were fantastically inspiring yeah. um experiences
0: i saw stuart at one of these rmmga gatherings oh sure yeah i mean he's Buxton.
1: a big again another really big influence of mine and he was one of the reasons i'm doing it professionally i think uh-huh. um yeah he's a, i was very inspired by what he showed at the igf yeah. when i was younger and that was really really great um, and then at my first um alapool guitar festival uh i was that was the first time i was on the bill with like thomas and people like that and that was quite a moment for me kind of being on the same bill as these people i was like you know idolizing when i was growing up and then like having a few pints with thomas and just kind of chilling out with him you kind of think oh well you know actually a human being after all yes (laughs) having had that kind of like you know you know uh, you kind of put them on a pedestal, don't you? Yeah. You know, these players, and it's nice to kind of, you know, that everyone's kind of quite humble and just down to earth, and that's great.
0: I love the sharing culture now as well, where people are just so willing to share what they do. Nobody's yeah. trying to hold on to their proprietary styles. Or no, anything. I think it's that's really very great. open. And I
1: think there's, a, there's that kind of mentality of we're all in this kind of rickety boat together. Yeah. So we may as well help one another out. Um, and, you know, I I, may, I go out of my way to, to, tell people about people that I've been inspired by Like now that I'm tutoring people and I, I'm always so keen to show them like Clive or, or Thomas if they haven't yeah. heard about them because I go look at what you can do look at this is you know the stuff that you're, you're opening a whole world and it's great to see you know students of mine taking inspiration from those people as well yeah
0: yeah so you have students do you teach? yeah I've, I
1: do 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 quite a bit of yeah. tutoring I've got um I teach at one school near me called Bryanston um which is in dorset i have a handful of private students mm-hmm. and i have a few skype uh students uh-huh. as well, and well that's, that's becoming that, more, more more popular more, and more, yeah, I mean more
0: available now we have the bandwidth well indeed yeah, yeah now the
1: broadband's good enough and it's um it's great and i, I really enjoy it mm. and i've been doing workshops for many years and that kind of thing and i love that stuff like i've done the igf Kind of yeah. fingerstyle workshop and run that, and that was kind of fun as well. Having been a student on it, then coming back and tutoring it, that was really cool. Um, and you know, very inspired by the the tutors as well, people like Stuart and Tristan Sume as well. He was a, yes, really I've good, seen him at RMMGA as yeah, well. Yeah, yeah.
0: We seem to get a good crowd oh, at yeah. these gatherings. Oh
1: sure, I mean the RMGA is like almost like legendary within yeah. within the
0: fingerstyle world. I think in in the UK, it's great. Yeah. yeah. So thank you, Will, for sitting down with me this afternoon. It's been a great pleasure to talk to you. Well, it's a pleasure. Thank you very much Thank for you. having me along. No, if no people want to find you online and find what kind of merchandise you have, what would you?
1: where would you direct them to? Sure. Well, I have a website, which is willmcnichol.co.uk. And okay. um, it's uh, Will, W-I-L-L, and McNichol is spelled M-C-N-I-C-O-L. And um, pretty much everything can be found there, but you can obviously find me on um, YouTube, YouTube. Um, Instagram, Facebook, all the The usual usual social media machine, (laughs) all all (laughs) over that stuff. So yeah, just put my name into Google and you'll find everything that you need, I think.
0: Great. Okay, Will, thank you very much. Thank
1: you, Cam. Thank you very, very much indeed.
0: Cheers. And many thanks once again to Will McNichol for sitting down with me and having a conversation at Springhill Manor down in the Cotswolds for the annual RMMGA Gathering. It was a great pleasure to talk to Will, and an even bigger pleasure to hear him play. His new album, Dragonflies, Frogs and Bumblebees, was released this year, and it's an absolute belter. I highly recommend that you give that a listen as soon as you can. And if you're of a mind, you can also pick up the tablature book, which Will has published, Tablature and Notation. It's a beautiful book, Spiral Bound, and it has all the songs and show notes, information about the songs and compositions. And uh, I've had a look through it. I bought one from him at the gathering. Let's see it's it's rather challenging, just to put not too fine a point on it. But the music is wonderful, I'm looking forward to picking up some of his tunes, seeing what I can learn from that book. Well we'll be performing and giving a workshop at this year's Ullapool Guitar Festival, which is running this year from the fifth of October through to the seventh. That's Ullapool up in the northwest of Scotland. Also there will be Clive Carroll and Tristan Sume, who Will mentioned during the interview. You can find more information about that if you visit ullapoolguitarfestival.com. So thank you all for listening to this, the first episode of Acoustic Guitar I.O. I'm Cam's your host. If you have any feedback for the show, I would love to hear from you. You can reach me on cams at C-A-M-S at acousticguitar.io. I will also be publishing on the STEAM blockchain. You can find me there at steamit.com, S-T-E-E-M-I-T dot com slash at acoustic guitar. I plan to be publishing more on the STEAM blockchain and if you are of a mind, you can come along and sign up and we can strike up a relationship over there on the STEAM blockchain. Thank you all for listening. I've been Cam's and I will speak to you on the next one. Bye for now